be in Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Luke, chapter 24. <clears throat> and bear with me, I, I was... Um, we're just about full-time deputation, but when we're back home and we're in between meetings, um, I'm doing a little bit, of, little bit of working. I was doing some hardscaping and so putting in a block patio, and I was doing all the cuts for it, so cutting concrete and all that dust, it's uh, kind of gotten to me, so bear with me if I, had to, if I got a cough or drink a little water. I'm not sick, it's just that concrete dust. But Luke chapter 24... And I'll be starting in verse 13, and it says, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which, have hap- which had happened. And it came to pass that while they com- the communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answered, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and were before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been He which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not His body, they came saying, uh, saying that, that they had also seen a vision of angels which said He was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the, to the sepulchre and found it, even, as, even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. And he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Are not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophecy, expounded un, unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, and saying, saying, Abide with us, for, for it is towards even, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed and brake, and gave to them, and their eyes were opened. And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight, and they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us, while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them, they were, uh, and them that were with him, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known to them in breaking of bread. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Lord, if it wasn't for your mercy and your grace, I wouldn't be here today. Lord, I just bless the preaching. Help these folks not hear from me, but help them hear from you. Help them see no man save Jesus. Father, just uh, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here in this section of Scripture we have just read, you know, there are two disciples from a little village approximately seven miles outside of Jerusalem called Emmaus. 
And these two were headed back home from Jerusalem. They've celebrated the Passover and they've they've witnessed the crucifixion of their dear friend and leader, uh, Jesus Christ. And as they are walking and they're communing among themselves about the events that have occurred over the past few days, they fail to observe this man just kind of walking along behind them and eventually catching up and joining into the conversation. And as this man joins into the conversation and is walking along, he's listening to them and they have a sorrowful, depressing just tone in their voice. And, 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 and he asks them, well, what's going on? What's wrong? What, what's heavy on your hearts? Well, they're thinking, well, this man, he must be a stranger. He must have no idea over the national uproar of the crucifixion of Christ. He, he must be a stranger in this part of town. So, so they begin to, the disciples begin to tell them, tell them about this man Jesus, about the, the uproar, about, about, the, about the, the crucifixion of their dear friend. And how that they, they expected you know, this man Jesus Christ, he was great and mighty among the people, and, and that, and that, we, that we, had, we had believed that he was the one who was going to deliver us from, from the Roman government. He was supposed to deliver, rescue our people, and, and they've crucified him. It's been three days since he's been dead and buried. And they go on that, you know, even, even though they, they've heard from their friends um, who went to the grave, said he rose from the dead. You know, we know back in verse 11, the disciples said that the words from their friends seemed to, them as, there, it seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. And, you know, because of the lack of faith and the unbelief of these disciples, their, disor- their sorrowful heart overcame them. And, 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 uh, and they were sad. And from what, from what we read, we know that, that this man that joined alongside the disciples, this man was the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Yet because the disciples' lack of awareness and their sorrow, they failed to recognize that, the, that it was the Lord. And you know, how often is that the case for us? You know, how often do we go through our day-to-day lives, perhaps miserable, perhaps sorrowful over the, the condition of the political state of our government, sorrowful over, the, over our, our, our state of health, sorrowful over our bleak financial situations that we fail to remember that we have a promise made to us by the Lord Himself that He'll never leave us or forsake us. We fail to remember that He promised He will supply all of our needs according to His riches, uh, uh, riches and glory. We fail to remember that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Yet on this day, the most incredible day on earth, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, who has just gained the keys of death and hell, and He is in the flesh, walking right along these two disciples. He is walking along right next to them, and, and I mean, almost hand in hand, and, and, and He's walking alongside of them. These two disciples are still sad. And you know, there's people that are sitting in this church right now. There's people that, that can sit in church, listen to good godly music. They can listen to good Bible preaching. They have, they have the good fellowship of the brethren. They're on their way to heaven. They're not going to hell. They have access to all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Yet they're still low. They're still so sorrowful. They're still so sad that even being in the presence of Christ Himself can't help them. You know, it goes to prove that no matter how good your life is, no matter how blessed you might be, you can be sad if you're missing what God is doing. And we see that in verse 21. That the disciples, that, that in verse 21, they were so sad and sorrowful, it says, but we trust that it had been He which should have redeemed Israel. They're so concerned and, and so sorrowful over Christ failing to redeem Israel over their physical state because they failed to trust the Lord's master plan to redeem Israel from their spiritual condition and the world from the devil's hell. 
And now, as Christ is walking alongside these disciples, in His infinite way, Christ could have very easily just told them, Hey, look, wake up, I am He. Hey, wake up, I am Christ. I am the one you're speaking of. Christ could have just, 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 just opened their eyes and they just could have seen Him say, Oh, wait, this is He. And they would have fallen down at His feet, worshiping Him. But Christ in His infinite wisdom, He comforted these disciples and encouraged these disciples in a much more profound way than His own physical presence could offer them. See, what these disciples needed was more than just knowing that peace and that that physical presence of Christ uh, could bring them. They needed to know the peace, the comfort, and the power that Christ the Comforter could provide outside the scope of His physical presence. And we see that first displayed here in our text, and that the Comforter educates. And we see how the Comforter educates these disciples. As we look back, in ver- on verse 25, it says, uh, Then he said unto them, O fools and a slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And, and here Christ responds, uh, he, he, we finish the monologue that the, the disciples were given, and Christ responds with a punitive statement by calling out their foolishness of lack of basic knowledge and prophecy concerning, the, the, uh, concerning Christ's coming to earth and the death and resurrection. You know, Christ had been telling them and, and explained to these disciples over the past three and a half years His purpose for coming to earth, His master plan for humanity. And although this was a lesson Christ had been teaching these disciples uh, numerous times, it wasn't until this point that the Word of God began not just to run through their ears, but began to also pour into their hearts. And you know, an easy pit, for, especially for Christians of my generation, second generation Christians, an easy pit is that, that we can fall into is that we end up having deaf ears and slow hearts. You know, uh, over the course of 20 years, the average faithful church member who's in church three times a week has, uh, despite special meetings, uh, revival meetings, despite any of that, has listened to pro- approximately 3,120 sermons and has sung about 15,600 uh, hymns about Christ. Now that, that's a lot of preaching. That's a lot about learning about Christ. That's a lot. Even you consider reading your Bible on a daily basis, messages you might hear over the radio, that's a lot of, 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 of learning of the Lord. But despite the amount of songs sung, and despite the, the, the sermons preached about Christ, why is it we are still so limited in our knowledge of Christ? Why is our faith so frail when the storm clouds of life begin to roll in? Why do we end up caring more about seeing a political leader, a political ruler sitting on the, on, on the throne there at the White House than seeing the kingdom, of, uh, the kingdom of God and seeing the gospel spread throughout this world? But if we as Christians desire to deepen our faith and have the comfort and the peace that Christ can give, we need the comfort the Holy Spirit can give us through educating us through His Word. And I'm not going to read all the verses just for sake for, for uh, sake of time. But you know, the more truth we learn about Christ, the more we take in God's word, the deeper our faith and confidence in the Lord will grow. You know, Romans 10:17 says, for, "So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." And we typically apply that to in a gospel, in a missionary setting, and that there's people in Zambia they're 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 not going to have had the faith in Christ if they don't hear the word of God preached. But that's, that's, that verse still also applies to us Christians. 
our faith in Christ is not going to grow. We are going to become stagnant in our walk with the Lord if we don't increase our faith in the Word of God. You know, our faith is not going to grow by feeding our minds with the frivolous things of this world. Our faith is not going to grow by, by watching television, CNN, ESPN, Fox News. You know, the disciples almost missed out on the greatest day on earth because they were more concerned over the, the, over the next move of, of a corrupt government. You know, if we want the peace that God can bring, we must expand our knowledge of Christ. We must allow the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to educate us. Amen. You know, as the disciples' journey grew, uh, grew close, you know, the Bible says Christ, He would have kept on walking, walking, walking on. He would have kept on going. Yet the biblical truth that His disciples were gleaning from the Comforter was so great that they not only desired to, to converse with Christ, but they wanted to commune yeah. with Christ. Yeah. So it says they constrained Christ. Christ, come, come to our home. A uh, uh, strange man, stranger, come into our home and eat with us. Sit down and eat with us. We want to keep, keep, uh, keep this conversation going. So as Christ comes into the disciples' home, He sits down to eat with them. We see that not only does the Comforter educate these disciples, but the Comforter enlightens them. The Comforter enlightens them. In verse 31, after the stranger sat down to eat, He took, he took the bread and blessed and broke it. And as He gives this bread to these disciples, all the day's events, all, 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 how this, how this strength, all the, what the stranger had been expounding to these, these men, and be, how he began teaching them, all that scripture began to make sense in their minds. And the Bible says that their eyes were open that they knew him. And through the education that Christ brought them, brought enlightenment. You know, giving them a deeper level of understanding of who this man was. It was this, this, this enlightenment, this insight went beyond just the mere knowledge. Uh, uh, but all the scriptures, all the facts, everything, just uh, it wasn't vain figures. It wasn't vain, empty prophecy that they realized, that, that they, they had learned throughout the years. All this was true. And you know, I've witnessed to people before who they have all the head knowledge. They, they know that salvation is by grace through faith and that the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all sins. They have all the head knowledge, but they will die and go to a devil's hell and miss heaven by 18 inches, that distance between their head and the heart. They will, they will die and go to hell from, the, from, from, from a Baptist, from a Baptist out, out of sitting in a Baptist church their whole life because they never allowed the, the, the knowledge of Christ to enlighten them. You know, they, 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 they heard the gospel preached their whole life, but they never applied it in their heart. But you know, that not only applies to a lost person, it also applies to a safe, to a safe person. You know, as a Christian, do you know Him? Do you know Christ? Do you know His joy? Do you, do you desire to grow deeper and deeper in your walk with the Lord? Has your eyes been has your eyes been open and realizing, hey, there's more to this Christian life than just coming to church. There's more to this Christian life than sitting in a pew stagnant. You can go and press on for the Lord. You can go and serve the Lord when you begin to consider what He's done for us. But you know, I'm glad I'm not just trusting in a prophet. I'm not just trusting in vain and a vain, empty, empty man who who who's in the grave. I'm trusting in the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's more, but, you know, unless, uh, if you're lost, unless you come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, recognize your sinful state, that Christ is the only way, way to heaven, you cannot know the Comforter, and you can't know Christ. Right. You know, enlightenment, it's not about just acquiring knowledge. 
It's about a personal transformation. It's about developing a relationship. And you know, those who undergo and uh, those who experiment, uh, experience the enlightenment of Christ and, and fall in love with Jesus will undergo a radical shift of conscience and values. You know, this, and this will eventually lead to a more connected way of living a, a, a Christian life. You know, this was the greatest day of history. And the disciples were sad and they were afraid even as they walked next to Christ. But once they were enlightened, once they were educated, and once they were enlightened to, to the truth that sat before them, no longer were they sad. No longer were they depressed because uh, they knew in their hearts that the Lord was risen indeed. And their perspective on the entire world completely changed. And you know, the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit will lead to a deeper sense of joy and contentment that doesn't just depend on the external things of this world, but on the knowledge of what Christ has done for us. And, and we see here in our text that once the Comforter educated and once the Comforter enlightened them by opening their eyes to see the stranger for who he was, there was a burning desire and a motivation in their heart. And we see that displayed in how the Comforter empowers them. And I, I'm, I'm landing this plane quickly. But no, earlier in our text, we see the disciples were discouraged because they were trusting Christ that He would redeem them from the Roman government. And you know, Christ has never failed to do what He said He would do. But Christ will fail to do what He, he didn't promise He would do. And you know, you will be discouraged in Christ if you're expecting Him to follow through on promises He never promised. And that's what these disciples were discouraged on. They were discouraged that Christ didn't just, He didn't fix their government. But as, as these disciples were walking home, they were educated, they were enlightened. You know, they're sitting there eating next to Christ. And, and I, I can just imagine, they're both conversing with themselves. Maybe they're walking in their home like, man, is that Him? Is that man? It, it, he the way he's talking, the way he's educating us. It just it makes you think that must be him. That must be Christ. But I don't know. Is it him? They crucified him. We watched him crucified. He said he was going to rise three days. But I mean, they they, they said they saw the grave open. But uh, we haven't seen him for ourselves. But maybe maybe this is Christ. And as Christ sits there, he's praying over that food. Maybe he 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 begins he the way he begins to pray. They're thinking, man, that that maybe that that is him. And all of a sudden, as he breaks that bread. He hands them that bread, and they, they take that bread, and they see the hands that were bruised for their iniquities. They see the hands that were wounded for their trans- transgressions, and that the light clicked on their head. No longer are they sad, no longer are they discouraged, but now they are empowered. And that's what the Lord will do for us, the Holy Spirit will do for us. Once you open your eyes and you recognize what Christ has done for us, you re- and you get excited over Jesus Christ, and you realize there's more to this world, there's more to Christian living than just sitting in a church pew, but that, 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 that there's comfort that Christ gives, there's joy that Christ gives. And, and, and no matter what, you go, may, what may happen in your life, no matter what valleys you might face, no matter what, where you are at in your, in your walk with the Lord, that that you can press on for Him because, uh, and, and whether, whether it's you're in sickness or whether you're in health, that, that there's power in the resurrection and that one day when we die, we will be reunited with our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, Christ can take your tribulations and your, tri- and your trials, turn it into triumphs, and use the testimony of your tribulations for, uh, to reach others for Him. 
You know, that's, that's, that's what Christ did in this, in this text. We see that once they were enlightened, they ran all the way back to Emmaus. They ran the seven miles back from Emmaus to Jerusalem to tell others about what Christ has done for them. To tell others that Christ the Lord is risen indeed. Amen. Our, in closing, piano player, you can come up. Um, Brother Gordon, I'm, I'm, I'm done.